are listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, mate? All is well, sir. And you? Very good. Yeah, nice. It's great. It's a new year. We're recording this in 2021. A new year, a new episode. Yep. Uh, new year, same as the old year. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I've never been one to be very good at marking milestones. No. I find like, um, like I forget my birthday sometimes. Like I was, um, I never did turn twenty seven. I was twenty eight for two years in a row. I thought I'd turn twenty eight instead of twenty, and then I just like kept it for another because that's how much attention I pay to this kind of thing. I, I think um, that's okay as long as you don't forget somebody else's birthday. Yeah, no. forgets cal- the auto calendar reminders are nice for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was- but yeah, uh, so yeah, New Year, same year, whatever it is, uh, it's still good to be chatting here Indeed. at the Cooler Ring. Yeah, so looking forward to speaking with our guest today. Absolutely. Yeah, so joining us today is Allison Wagner. Allison is the Marketing Communications Manager at Morrison Container Handling Solutions. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Allison. Thanks for having me. Allison, we're going to have to have you introduce a bit more about yourself and tell us about Morrison because you don't want Jeff doing this um, <laughs> because he is going to geek out about timing screws um, and our guests won't know a damn thing about what's going on. So uh, so we're going to hand it over to you and say, tell us what it is that you do and what Morrison does. Well, about a year and a half ago, I also didn't know what a timing screw was. Um, I came from the advertising industry. So working with production companies and VFX houses more so than anything in manufacturing. And when I landed the gig at Morrison, I had to kind of dive deep into the world of timing screws. So uh, it's definitely not a screw that like puts together a shoe rack. It's something much bigger that moves all kinds of different goods that we purchase at the grocery store. So what I like to tell people is at Morrison, we don't make containers. We don't make what goes in the container. We honestly have nothing to do with it other than the fact that we move it on a production line. So think about how a cap on a bottle might need to get sanitized, you know, have that heat from the liquid, go to the cap. So we would take that bottle and flip it over automatically so that you don't have to have somebody standing there doing it all day long. Uh, We just automate those processes to make it simple so that you can move people to other places that matter versus having somebody turn a container all day to apply a label. We just automate that entire process and the timing screws at the root of everything we do. And we utilize those timing screws and design them in order to move those products more efficiently for filling, capping, labeling, whatever it might be. Look, I like to make fun of Jeff on this, but it is very cool. And, it, and he's just more mechanically inclined than I am. So I like he's to inclined to geek out in this, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's, you know, that's a big part of what you do at Morrison, isn't it? Uh, you know, to be able to bring that to life because it is interesting to watch how these machines work and how the timing screws kind of bring that all to life. So video is a huge part of what you do. Video is kind of our biggest marketing tool. Uh, We can't necessarily just explain what a timing screw is since it does so many different things. So we've been telling the story of what Morrison is through video for as long as we've been around. It's we have videos from the archives from the 80s that um, we took video of every system and it's still something that we do. And that's just how we tell the story of Morrison and tell the story of what our products can do for our customers all over the world. I think it's just fascinating because there's, I mean, look, video isn't new, like you just said, but uh, there's still so many manufacturers out there um, that are, you know, in search of a video strategy. You hear that kind of uh, Mm -hmm. language often. 
Um, and uh, that's why it's so great to have you on the show. It's just to talk to somebody who's had it in their DNA for so long. And, and frankly, um, you know, when you go onto your website and you look at the video uh, that's produced there, it's not, um, you know, there's not a lot of talking head video. Yeah. Um, not, not overly produced. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, take us uh, into that a bit. Uh, how, how how big is the resourcing against uh, this uh, video work at Morrison, and kind of how do you go about it? Yeah, so up until about six months ago, it was just me. It was just always one person. So whoever was in this role was responsible for all the video. And I wouldn't say our strategy was really complicated. It was simple. You take a video of every single system before it leaves the facility. We might not have known what we were doing with those videos, but we had them. Um, We took the video, we would send it to the customer, and then the footage would just kind of sit there. And when I came about a year and a half ago, you know, we had a lot of videos on YouTube and we would tell the story of what we did through video, but there was so much footage there and so much potential to just keep doing that. When you realize that we have tens of thousands of views on a single timing screw moving for 30 seconds, you realize that there's people out there that are watching them and that's how they're learning about Morrison more than anything else is they're going to our videos and they're looking at it. So we just kind of bridged that gap and realized that we need to be investing in our video and we love interns at Morrison. Education is really a part of what we do and we invest in education locally and nationally. And my CEO just came into my office one day and was like, hey, we should get you an intern and they can help you with video. And by bringing in an intern who's studying those types of things in college, they really just robustly like overhauled our entire video production. So they're learning, they want to learn and they're learning how to use all these different programs that I had no idea how to even think about beginning to learn. And they're taking this footage we have and they're animating it now and they're finding different ways to tell our stories better. So I think that it's really simple. I mean, video has been out there forever and people have been using it forever. But it doesn't have to be complicated. Just start videoing every single thing that you have and find what works for you. And sometimes it is okay to figure out how to use the footage later. I think that's great. And and I think one of the things that, you know, because we all have a video production studio in our pockets these days, you know, the phones are, are incredible. But tell us a bit about how you actually pull these together? Like how complex is your equipment and what are you doing just so that, you know, other marketers that are listening can get a sense of exactly what, you know, what somebody who's been doing it since the eighties might actually have in terms of a, you know, a setup. Yeah. So we started by obviously having a big old VHS tape recorder that did it and the videos weren't complicated. They were just cuts and then the VHS tape was there and that's what we had. Uh, now we definitely use, um, a Canon DSLR camera, something really simple on a tripod that we use to record those videos. And then we pull them together in Adobe Premiere Pro. Um, It's really simple to use. There's a ton of great tutorials online. Uh, Doesn't have to be complicated and you'll get better the more you use it. And it's like 20 bucks a month to be able to use. So we're not using anything that's super complicated to complete, like, put together these complex videos. And I think it goes along the lines of the more you start doing it, the better you get at it. And about nine months ago when COVID hit, our camera broke and we weren't able to get a new camera till about three weeks ago. So we were doing everything on our iPhones. I mean, like you said, everybody has it in their pocket and it's not complicated. And if you don't know how to use the big fancy thing that 
it doesn't really matter anymore. And we would pull out our, our camera and do the same, or camera on our phone, do the same exact thing and still be able to put it all together in Adobe um, Premiere Pro. So it's once again, it's really not a complicated process. We just have simple equipment that we use and we keep it simple because then everybody can use it. That's fantastic. And, and I, I, you know, because I think that in some ways, a, a lot of marketers are, well, you know, we don't have the DSLR, mm -hmm. we don't have microphones, we don't have all the other complex equipment that, you know, we think we need in order to do this. So let's just wait until we can kind of put a strategy together. Yeah, it can seem like a heavy lift, I guess, yeah, for a exactly. lot of people. Can it? Like in some way, uh, maybe we make it more complicated than it needs to be. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, you could that. just take your phone out of your pocket, put it in a tripod and go, mm. you know. You can take your phone out of your pocket, put it in a tripod or just hold it and then take the one clip and put it on YouTube. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't need all of the theatrics or the music or the voiceover. I mean, when you're starting out, just getting a video out there, I think right now is more important than any any time before. People are sitting in front of their computers all day and you can write a bunch of words about your product, especially in manufacturing, or you could take a quick video and somebody out there who doesn't have the time to read or doesn't care, it pops up on YouTube, they watch it, and now they understand what they need. I do think Morrison's, uh, you know, what you make, um, lends itself so it well does. to this. Yeah. Which, uh, which I suppose I'm, uh, I'm saying that is, uh, maybe it's giving some other folks an easy out, but, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I think there, there's an awful lot of other, um, businesses that would find themselves similarly well positioned for uh, sure. making similarly, uh, um, I creating guess, that own content that you can then leverage for so many other things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, there's something in the fact that this, you know, you want to see how this works, how the, how the, how the containers are handled. And so the and video is just so that obvious way of doing that. And it doesn't require any voiceover. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, what well, doesn't kind of apply necessarily to everybody. No, for sure. You I know, mean, like I'm a, thinking of Darren from, uh, uh, Trout river, uh, live bottom trailers right you know he's become an on-air personality for their organization yeah. that that's one way to take video and, Absolutely. and the other way is to but be a bit more product but it's kind of maybe even somewhat well okay let's let's look at darren for a second is it kind of required in that moment he's, he's selling live bottom trailers could he have been just as successful just taking a video and showing the live bottom trailers like just showing it at work well and i think he was at first that was so, what they were doing yeah and then, you know realize that they could also kind of add that element to it. Uh, you know, is there, is there an intent to, you know, are we going to see you in front of the, uh, the machines at some point? Yeah, presenting? 2021 <laughs> Allison makes her debut. Yeah, not me. Um, but we've definitely noticed something similar. So you get people watching these videos and a lot of people, I think it's, if I pull up Facebook and I'm looking at a video, I often don't turn the sound on, right? Because I am in a crowded room or you're looking at it when you maybe you shouldn't be or, but you're not gonna always turn that sound on. But if you are gonna turn the sound on, there are settings for that. And so we've started using our director of sales um, and we're gonna start integrating other people as well to kind of get in front of the camera and tell the story a little bit better for different product lines maybe that don't necessarily lend themselves to explaining why Morrison just does it better than other people. And so I think there's definitely always a need for both. But I would also say when you're starting out, like don't get hung up on that, right? Sometimes it's okay to just 
keep it down and dirty, get it out there quick and let your product tell its story. And as you continue to evolve and learn different things that work for you and for your customer, right? If your customer doesn't care, don't waste your time on it. But we're realizing that there is a place for us to be sitting down and really explaining and talking over and explaining some of the intricacies behind the design and why you might need the specific type of screw. So it's evolving as it should, but it's just, we're evolving as we're realizing what our customers need and we're kind of letting them tell us. And that is as simple as adding some voiceovers or sending out the videos and email blasts to the people who just want them delivered to their inbox too. So we're finding different ways to repurpose that content. And has the, um, has, the pandemic in some way driven um, the uh, move to include salespeople in the, in the videos. I would just think, you know, it harder to get face to face with folks these days. So it's another way. Yeah, absolutely. So it's driven it for a couple different reasons. One, I have more salespeople in the office than ever before because they can't, they can't go out and meet people and people don't want them in plans. And, you can utilize them when they're there, which is awesome. But also since they're there and they're willing to do it, we're able to connect with more people. I mean, think about how many plants you could typically visit in a day to try and sell your product or how many plants a video could reach within an hour. And I think when you start to break it down like that, you still see there's obviously always a use for plant visits and those are incredibly important because you need to connect with your customers one-on-one. -on -one. But when you're trying to connect with those prospects and spark that initial interest, I think having a video and having that person that they're, they're going to be meeting and talking with in the video is you connect with humans on a more emotional level that way and therefore you're going to connect with the product and maybe figure out more questions that you want to ask or understand the people at Morrison and why you want to work with those people. Have you taken this approach and extended it to prospecting videos? One-on-one um, -on -one intended to drive new biz meetings, et cetera? No, we haven't yet, but that's a great idea. So I'm going to take that back to the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you already got salespeople that are willing to get yeah. in front of the camera and, yeah. you're, and you're just, it's the muscle memory now of, uh, uh, of being able to do video without making a big fuss about it. Uh, you've got the two ingredients that are uh, needed in order to uh, do video prospecting probably pretty well. Yeah. And that, that, that drives a, a few of the things that you just said, drive a couple of questions that I have. Uh, the first would be, you know, how, how has this strategy enabled you to get a little bit more aligned with your, with your sales team? Um, you know, how have you uh, really started to, have, have you started to work more closely with them now that, that they're in the office more often and uh, and this is the way that Morrison has done marketing? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, I mean, obviously now more than ever, and it's not necessarily just because we're all in the office together more or working, you know, people connect more when, they, when the pandemic hit and everybody's virtual, you're trying to find ways to connect with people more. But we realized pretty easily that in order to connect to more people and drive more sales that we should be working together not against each other and it sounds so simple at first but you go into these companies and these manufacturing facilities and you realize that marketing is a fairly new concept for a lot of them and they're both working towards the same goal but they're just not working at it together maybe they think that they're supposed to be working against each other they don't want the same thing but we just sat down and we realized like we're stronger together than apart. So if all the marketing materials I'm producing 
you realize you, you know your customers want nothing to do with them, then I'm wasting my time. And I'm also not giving you things that are going to just make your job easier. You know, the world's so digital and we connect, like I said, we can connect with a thousand people in the time that maybe you can connect with two or three. So if we're working together and leveraging those tools and helping drive more quality leads to our salespeople, then I think naturally you're going to start to see more revenue growth, which the entire company wants. And then you're paying for yourself and you're paying for more potential people on your team and just paying for that growth. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash sample ABM. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely uh, critical, you know, to get that kind of alignment and get, and make sure that you're creating things that are going to be useful for them. So many times, you know, marketers are just crafting the content that they think is going to work without yeah. really consulting with the, uh, with the sales team to find out what's really resonating with their customers. And, and, and that brings me to my second question um, from what you were mentioning before is what sort of, uh, you know, how have you built out your, your contact list and your, and your email list to get these videos out there to develop those leads? Because obviously that, you know, email is going to be a fairly important part of your, uh, of your strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, our salespeople are obviously sending one-to-one -one emails. Um, and we're also trying to drive those sub legal subscriptions, right? Like you have to make sure that you have consent in order to send those emails. So on all of our forms on our website, we make sure that there's that little checkbox that says, you know, we need to contact you about our products and services and you're consenting for us to do that. And then that's how we start to develop those lists. So we're segmenting them out by different interest levels that work for our business model, since not everybody cares about the same thing. And the verbiage has to change, right? OEMs and retailers need different things and understand things in different ways. So we want to make sure that the language that we're using works for them. Otherwise, if I send something to an OEM that's for a retailer, it just kind of sounds like we don't know what we're doing and maybe we aren't the best person to work with. So we're doing things like that, but we're always making sure that we're getting those contacts legally, that we're, you know, not sending people things that they don't want. And then you, I think that harms your brand reputation too. If you're sending things to people that they don't want, it, it doesn't work. So we're just trying to drive those connections and drive people to want to receive our content. What kind of uh, cadence are we talking about? A weekly uh, email contact, monthly? What's it like? It just varies based on what we're sending. So uh, right now we're doing a newsletter that is monthly and it just sends, you know, a couple videos out every month at the top of the month to spark that in interest because what we do at Morrison is more so inspiration. We don't really sell a model X, Y, or Z, which can make marketing pretty difficult. But what we do try to explain is, you know, this particular system can be inspiration for maybe what you need and we can adapt it to what you need. So sending out those videos kind of sparks that conversation. And then uh, we do have some touch points, like we do a blog post every two weeks. So the people who are subscribed to that will receive it, you know, every, every two weeks sent to their inbox as well. And we, we also just try to make sure that that content we're sending isn't overly promotional. I mean, at Morrison, we strive to be a partner with people and 
this is a really difficult time more than ever. So all the content that we're producing on our blog is really just to help other manufacturers navigate what's going on or find the, find the particular things that might help make their job a little bit easier. I think that there's, it's really important with that because our video is so promotional. That's what it's supposed to be. It's to sell our product. So I think it's important to try and meet people where they're at and realize we're all kind of in it together. And so what can we be giving to our potential customers or our, the other companies that we work with on projects? What can we be giving to them to just maybe make their life a little bit easier? You know, we're all sharing best practices more than ever. And I think that manufacturing is a really interesting industry because we are all so willing and open to share marketing practices. It's, oh, this worked for me. It should work for you. We're here. Give it a try. You know, we don't keep those things close to the close to the chest. We want to share because we're all just kind of learning and evolving together. I love that. Uh, you know, it's like an an empathy angle. You know, yeah. you're, like you're really, really kind of concerned and trying to make sure and that that this is valuable and useful and is going to help elevate your partners and your customers as well. You're not just in it to sell 100 percent of the time. Um, you know that I think that's really important and, and uh, you know something to be admired and, and tried by others as well. Yeah, and I think you know it's so. I mean. It's the kind of thing that's just, it seems to me that it, that's just a choice. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you choose to act that way or you don't. Yeah. Um, and, and so people look for the how-to manual, like, how do I, how do I seem like I care about my customer? <laughs> well, actually, you try caring. You could start caring and then see if it shows. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, it comes from the top down at Morrison. I I think my favorite phrase our CEO says is, we're doing this just because it's the right thing to do. Like, if we need to remake a system because it didn't turn out right, we're just going to do it because it's the right thing to do. It's not to try and make Morrison look better. We just want to do the right thing. And I think that if that's just kind of in our DNA, then you're not like trying to make yourself look more empathetic. It's just who you are because it's encouraged across the entire organization. I think that's, you know, when, when it's coming from the CEO as well, like, it, yeah, it makes a difference. <laughs> it certainly drives a, a lot of interest across the firm. I'm sure. Well, today, uh, I, I'm going to say uh, it's one thing that I, I found uh, a little odd going to the Morrison website. Um, Cause you, you know, in the location where you would typically see, these days and notice that uh, even though there's COVID-19 happening, we're still up and running 24 seven. Like yeah. that's yeah. the place on the website where you would typically be seeing that these days. You see uh, the words at Morrison container handling solutions. We believe in every human's right to be treated with respect and equality and the right to live without fear. And that's, that's pretty overarching. Well, but you talk about it coming from the top, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's, it's there for a reason, I'm yeah. assuming. Um, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Our, so it's been a tough, tough year. And there's, you know, we're in a really diverse area in the Chicago Southland. I mean, the South Side is, I grew up there. I, it's a community that is really special to all of us. And um, when everything was happening this summer with George Floyd and all of the different instances, we had a company-wide meeting outside, socially distanced. We do it every Friday. And it was one of the most somber meetings where 
I was very proud of the company I worked for because the way our CEO as a female stood up there and tried to address everybody and said, look, I, I don't know the answers and I don't expect you to tell me what they are, but we're just gonna, we're going to figure it out together. And that statement is what she said that she wants all of our employees to understand that that's, that's Morrison. That's what we stand by. And we want our customers and companies to know that too, because we want to work with people who believe that. And we just want to promote that that message across the board. And right after that meeting, she came up to me and she's like, it needs to be at the top of our website. And that's who we are. And that's just what needs to be listed for the time being. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. No, I thought we were going to talk about video. I didn't yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Um, yeah. Yeah. To talk about how we actually work towards solving some of the bigger problems in <laughs> yeah. the world. Yeah, uh, folks will be interested to know that this is being recorded on the seventh of January, twenty twenty one. So, uh, you know, you won't have to connect too many more dots to uh, yeah. understand how heavy the conversation is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> where do you go from Sorry, here? Sorry, guys. Where do we bring? The, where do we Back bring that? video. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Well, look, we've got. Uh, I think we've covered a lot of ground, and uh, not only have we. Uh, unpacked a bit of Morrison's video success, but we've got uh, um, the idea planted about some uh, prospecting videos. Uh, mm -hmm. Look, I'm ex I, so so we already we already know a little bit about what 2021 might hold. But I guess, uh, Alice, what are you excited for as uh, this year gets underway? What do you uh, is there, what's the what's the marketing innovation that you're looking to uh, launch at Morrison in 2021? Yeah, so our team is growing and uh, we were a team of one <laughs> and me. <laughs> and now we have two people that I work with on a daily basis. And so I think we're just excited to see what we're going to be able to accomplish by having more people who can dedicate more time to things. And we're looking to connect with our customers in different ways and find new mediums to meet them through video, whether it be webinars, um, just different types of ways to connect with them. And we launched some marketing automation. So we're, we're excited to see where that's going to help grow our business and just help us reach our customers in a way that they care about and that is going to be meaningful to them. I think it, it's interesting to think about a tool like, because you, you've implemented HubSpot, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting to think about a tool like um HubSpot or, or a marketing automation platform with a lens of, of empathy applied to it, you know, and, and because so many times those, yeah. those, how do, how do we ensure that we scale our marketing team so that we can hit as many people as possible with the marketing messaging? But if you're coming at it from a bit of a different angle, like how can we help, um, mm -hmm. you know, as many people as possible, that's going to change perhaps how you implement your workflows and, and other content Definitely. in the marketing automation. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I've been I've been tinkering with this idea about where you find scale, um, and, and that uh, you're right. A lot of marketers, as they implement marketing automation platforms, they're really seeking uh, scale and efficiency in um, in the marketing, kind of the doing of the marketing, right? And they're looking to yeah. apply in some way. Uh, a one size fits most approach to handling leads as they come into a funnel. Mm -hmm. But for manufacturing marketers, our scale comes after the sale. It's because you can, um, you know, what you sell one uh, piece of container handling equipment to a customer. That's not the last piece of equipment you're going to sell that customer. That's just the, that's the thin edge of a big wedge, right? Yeah. Um, so the scale happens after the sale. 
um, which changes, I think, how we how we evaluate marketing investments, how we think about um, uh, scaling our use of a marketing automation platform, and how much time we invest in um, in, in creating content that's specific to one or just a few prospects. Um, that's the world of manufacturing marketing, and that's why you know, and that lens is so different, I think, yeah. uh, than uh, than in some ways what these tools are out of. Well, and the people that purchase equipment in manufacturing, we we always lead with this this basic idea that anybody who's coming to purchase a piece of equipment for us, their job's on the line. They went out on a limb to choose to work with Morrison. And now the project has to meet deadlines and it has to come in and it has to work right the first time because otherwise they're not up to production speed and they're not me making it sure enough ketchup bottles get on the shelf in a timely fashion or whatever that product may be. So we want to make sure that we're letting them know that, hey, we understand that this is super important and we're going to make sure that we do everything we can to meet those deliverables. And, you know, sometimes you're going to fall short because somebody goes down with a disease like COVID and we lost a person on our shop floor for a couple weeks or sometimes we're going to get it out early. But when you take this marketing approach in manufacturing, I think it's important to understand, right, the scale comes after the sale. So what do you need to do to get those customers, those, those leads to want to work with you? And I think it's as simple as getting them to understand is we, we got your back. We understand that you're going on a, on a limb to choose to work with us. You know that our, what our product is going to do, but now you need to just make sure it's going to do what we say it's going to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I that's fantastic. I mean, the idea of, you know, being that thin edge of the wedge and mm. getting in there, developing the relationship and then using you know, the knowledge and the relationship to expand what's possible and, and what, uh, what actually gets sold into those, into those clients and customers is, uh, is massive. I think marketing this day and age is about relationship building. And, you know, we say it's storytelling, 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 but good stories build relationships. And if you can build relationships, especially with millennials in the marketplace who all want to work with brands that build relationships in an altruistic way, um, especially as manufacturers, we need to start taking that approach in our marketing. I think that is an absolutely fantastic place to look. <laughs> yeah, but, and I don't think it's something that necessarily everybody would immediately think of or agree no. with. Um, no, you know, uh, they don't necessarily, like, you know, the, the, the set of people out there that like to rant about millennials, <laughs> right? Uh, wouldn't, uh, so I, what I loved about um, uh, uh, Allison's uh, articulation of it is just how, matter of fact it was yeah it wasn't up it, for it is yeah <laughs> so, it is it's not uh, what will be exactly yeah. i uh, i i pity those salespeople that you uh, order around in these videos <laughs> because you were the very uh, direct way it's fantastic yeah, yeah. um <laughs> Alice, it's been a real pleasure to uh, to have you on the show i've 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 really enjoyed this conversation thank you for uh, joining us today Thank you so much for having me. I'm definitely going to take that prospecting video back to the office today. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. Have a great day. Yes, you too. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.